Good morning, everyone. It's an honor for me to be up here again and share the Word of God. Okay, let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to call you Father. Thank you, Father, for calling us to be godly. Thank you, Father, calling us to be holy because you are holy. We like to be holy like your son, Jesus, Father. But we need, your, we need your help. Thank you ahead of time for teachings you're going to give by Holy Spirit on the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19 to 27, Father. We like to be ready to receive your teaching. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I heard this story about a month and a half ago, and I'd like to share this. Uh, there is two gentlemen. One is Andy, he's a Christian and believer, and Steve, who is not a believer. And they don't know each other, but they met for the first time inside the airplane because they happened to travel from New York City to California, and they sat <coughs> right next to each other. So when they got into the airplane, they said, hi, hello, and then about five minutes later, they heard this announcement inside the airplane. Ding dong. We have reached 35,000 feet cruising altitude. Now you can turn off, uh, actually, the unbuckle your seatbelt, and you can move around inside the cabin. As soon as Andy and Steve heard this announcement, Andy reached into his briefcase and got the, his Bible out and started to meditate because he couldn't meditate early in the morning because he was busy coming to the airport. Steve, a non-believer, wanted to talk with Andy, but Andy was busy meditating. So Steve said later when Andy was done, so do you read that book every day? Andy said, oh, you mean Bible? Oh, yes, I read this every day, ever since I was a teenager, because that's when I accepted Jesus. And then Steve said, do you uh, believe all the stories in that book? And Andy was kind of hesitated, because he kept calling the Bible book. Oh, you mean Bible? Yes, everything in, the, in this Bible, I believe because everything was inspired by God. So I believe every story in that book, in this Bible. And Steve said, uh, you mean including that uh, story about this guy? I can't remember the name. Uh, this guy was swallowed up by this big, giant, gigantic fish. And he was inside this fish, I heard, like 30 days, and he didn't die. Uh, you must be talking about prophet Jonah. It wasn't 30 days. It was uh, three days, just like Jesus. He was inside belly, and he didn't die. Not only that, when he came out, he walked all the way to the Nineveh, which is northern part of Iraq now, and then he delivered God's message. And then people at the city of Nineveh repented. Yes, I believe that story. And then Steve had another question. Uh, do you think that the Jonah guy, 
Do you think he went to heaven? I believe he did. How do you know that? How can you tell that he went to heaven? And then by this time, and he was very agitated. We're judging from the way you talk, the way you ask questions. I think you probably qualify well to go to hell. So when you get there, why don't you ask? It's not as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> uh, three weeks ago, Mr. David Sick started the, the message stressing how important going back to the Bible, going back to the basic. And uh, he also emphasized why we should go back. And then one of the verses among many he shared was that uh, verse from Joshua 1.8. It says, always remember what is written in the book of the teachings. Study day and night to be sure to obey everything that is in written there. If you do this, you'll be wise and successful in everything. Two weeks ago, I also emphasized the importance of going back to Bible. And we went to uh, book of James, chapter 1. And we studied one section, and we learned how to face trials and problems. And we learned, one, that whenever the problem comes, be happy because of what we're going to get later. And number two, we learned that pray if it's difficult. Then he's going to help us in number three. I also mentioned if the problem you think is a problem is not difficult, then it's not a problem. So when it's really difficult, pray to him. And the last week, we actually went back to the book of James again. And this time, we learned how to resist temptation. And uh, among many things, we learned one, that Satan, which is like devil, and demon do exist. We use the Bible verse microscope, James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, and looked through the lens, and we saw exactly well devil comes into our life and starts to interfere with us. Well, number two, we learned that it's a devil that tempts us, not God. And number three, we learned that uh, when we are obsessed, that's the sign the devil is starting to interfere. Today, uh, we're going to talk about a few other things, and among that is this number. And 72 hours means three days. And three days is 72 hours. And what this is that some time ago, United States Air Force did a study about the memory. They're really into memory. And then they found out that after three days of teaching, people who hear the mess or hear the teaching or message, after three days, so today is Sunday, so by Wednesday afternoon, you're only going to remember 10% if you just hear it. But number two, if you see something, by Wednesday afternoon, you're going to remember about 30%. But if you see and hear together, by Wednesday afternoon, you're going to remember about 50%. That's why I try to use as many slides and pictures as possible. But still, it's only 
But there is a way to increase that by whopping 40% more. That is, you hear, you see, and you do. And do is many different things. One of the ways, write it down or review it later, and then you're going to remember more. And this will come in handy because of the teaching we're going to be looking at uh, today. Uh, last year alone, 500 million, over 500 million Bible were published in 554 different languages. I didn't know there were that many languages. I only know two, Korean and English. Uh, number two, in the United States alone, we are swamped by the Word of God in airways, radio, TVs, books, and magazines, and everywhere. But number three, yet millions of people still, they're missing the blessing from the Bible. Why? Because it's not automatic. It requires something from your side. And number four, Bible is a book of blessing. It promises comfort when you need them, strength when you need them, also hope, wisdom, joy, power, and also purpose. All these benefits are in the Bible, yet people doesn't go back. We'll find out why. Number five, but just because you have a Bible doesn't mean you want to get them. Matter of fact, uh, King James Version, not the New Kingdom, King James Version Bible is owned by more people than any other people. The only thing is so hard to read and understand is sitting as a decoration on top of their lampstand. You have it, but if you don't use it, then what's the point? The reason that we've been studying the book of James is number six. James being such practical teachers, he gives us steps, step by steps on how to be blessed by the Bible. So today, this is the last third section of the chapter one, and we're going to be studying verse 19 to 27, and we'll be studying how to harvest from the Word of God. Isn't that a nice picture of the harvest? I don't know where it is, but it looks awfully nice. And this is a farm that grows nothing but lavender. Don't you think it's ready to be harvested? It'll be crazy if the owner of this farm don't bother with the harvest. It'll be crazy. But many of us don't harvest what we already have planted as we'll find out later. So keep in mind, harvest. The farming cycle comes to the end when we harvest. And if you don't harvest, hmm, I don't know why they start anyway. So uh, you can take a look at your teaching outline today, and it's on the right side. Uh, it is a little bit, I guess, uh, more than usual, but uh, I'll be pretty brief so you can follow very easily. So we're going to look at the four steps that comes from the book of James. And we're going to look at the good soil, you, you know what it is, and number two, seed, and then three, gardening, and number four, harvest. Doesn't it sound like a gardening cycle? Whoever has a small garden in your backyard, you know how this works. You prepare the soil, and then you put the seed, or baby plant, and then you water them, which is called gardening, and then later, you harvest. 
Matter of fact, the studying the Bible can follow the same path. Our God, Heavenly Father is Master Gardener. And Jesus said, worthy seed. And he also called our heart soil. So it's very fitting to use the gardening cycle to studying the Bible cycle. This way, it'll be easy for you to remember this. Start with the soil and then harvest. Uh, probably you saw this when you're in the elementary school, maybe second grade or third grade. I was in Korea, so we were so poor that we didn't have this kind of chart. But kids here, they are so blessed with all these amazing graphs. Okay, let's look at this. Number one, right above number one is empty soil. There is nothing there. There is no seed, baby plant. And then number two is, right above number two is, I don't know whether you can see this, a tiny baby plant just planted. So this is the garden cycle, the plant growth cycle. It goes from one, two, three, four. And four is harvest. Notice number three is so wide. Number, well, compared to number one and number two, step three is pretty wide. But you know why it is. When you plant something like a sunflower seed in this case, it takes whole summer to grow. Same thing with the Word of God. It's not just to look at it once. You have to go back and read it again. Sometimes memorize it. And that's how God's Word, the seed, starts to grow in us. And then it reaches the maturity and we harvest. And this chart will be a little handy later. And so to make it more obvious, I divide them with these lines. So number one, number two, number three, number four. And I put the label there. Number one is preparing soil, the cycle, which is equivalent to preparing your heart before you read the Bible or come to worship. And number two is planting part, which is receiving word. I did not say taking the word. It's receiving it's a God who gives the word to us, and we just receive them. And number three is gardening, as I explained. And it involves studying, reading, memorizing, and then go back and start, read, memorize again. So it's a repeating cycle. And then eventually you reach the number four, which is harvest, equivalent to doing. So harvesting is equivalent to doing. Christians... Some of them spend a lot of time doing step one, step two, step three, but don't do number four. As a farmer, it's unthinkable. But how come we neglect harvesting, the final stage, when we can go up in maturity? Why do we do that? Well, we'll find out uh, something to do with the devil. Okay, this is more familiar pictures. Number one, good soil. Doesn't it look like an attractive soil? No stone, no bush. And number two, that's the planting cycle. And number three is gardening, watering, fertilizing, weeding. And number four, harvest. How could you skip harvest? Well, we'll find out more. Okay, let's start the teaching outline, and you can take it out and you can write it, which will increase your remembrance by doing that. So, good soil. 
Jesus talked about the four different soil, and it is recorded in three different books. This one is in Matthew, but also recorded in Luke, but also in book of Mark. It must have been very important for this to be recorded in three different books in the exact same story. What does he talk about? He talks about number one, hard pathway soil. Do you want to put your baby plant on number one? No. You can tell, right? Number two, would you want to put your seed in rocky soil? No. And number three, if you have a, your garden, and right above that is thorn weed, you don't want to put your plant there. So it's naturally we'll go to number four. But it's easier to say than done again because we're talking about our heart. How could you make your heart without stone or weed or thorn bush? Or when it's hard, how could you make it soft? It's not an easy thing, but it's possible. Well, one of the biggest misunderstandings about for soil is some people think that some people are born to be always stony soil. And some people are good soil. Like if you look at me, you might say, I'm good soil all the time. Thank you very much. But I can tell you, uh, I could be good soil Sunday morning, but Wednesday night, I could be number three. If something happens, like problems, my good soil Sunday morning is now filled with the concerns and worries and how am I going to deal with this problem? And then I have all this thorny weed in, inside me. Can I read the Bible then? No. So there is a misunderstanding. So someone who is a good soil on Sunday or Monday morning, by Wednesday or Thursday, could be pathways or rocky soil or thorny weed. So we can change. So that is one of the biggest misunderstandings. So let's go to the next slide, which is the first outline. So we have a three blank. Uh, You might have four blank on your outline. So the answer on the first one is hard. So let's look at the answer first, and we'll explain a little detail. So A, we must have thoughtful attitude before meditation and worship. And number two, a B, we must be peaceful before worship or meditation. C, we must clean our heart. Well, no, C makes sense, clean our heart. But what do you mean by the thoughtful or peaceful? Well, always picture speaks 1,000 words or more. Okay, does this look like a Sunday morning at your house? Worship starts 11 o'clock. This family got up 10.30. It takes 20, 20 minutes for them to come to church. So basically they have a 10 minutes to get ready. So they're going to be late. I can tell you. So around 10, 11.10, 10, whole family arrive. So they're late. Okay, keep that in mind. So when mother was busy with the kid doing this, what was father doing? Well, he was watching TV. 
And uh, he, by the way, this is a Mr. Wright. He's watching the Golf Channel, and at the same time thinking about the uh, uh, Callaway Titanium Drive One. And it, you can see that he's not helping. The, uh, by the way, if this sounds like your house, it's not based on you. This is a typical example. So it's called a coincidence. So don't worry. Anyway, so mother was busy. Father was watching Golf Channel. And then they got to the church. And then let's think about A and B. Do you think wife, was, wife is not ready to receive the word of God? Probably when she got to church 11.10, she was busy putting the kid in the Sunday school. And then she ran to the sanctuary, sitting in the back row. And, oh, gosh. And she's thinking about the husband not helping. That's one of the three soil, either number one, pathway, or rocky soil, or thorny weed bush soil. So maybe she was a good soil Friday afternoon, but Sunday morning, everything changed. And so that's what it means. So because it's not up to us to receive the word, we may physically open the Bible, but it is, you know, the who is teacher is Holy Spirit. So if you're not ready, no matter how many times we read this, if you're not ready, it's not going to come into our heart. And that's what James is talking about. And that's why James' teaching is so practical. This was written over to, uh, almost 2,000 years ago, and it is very relevant even today, October 2016, in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Can you imagine? It only has to be God who wrote this book. Tell that to that guy, the Steve, who didn't believe. So anyway, that's why you have to be thoughtful and peaceful. Only way you can be ready for the world is, for example, if we go back to the example of their family, get up early or go to sleep early. Not only come on time, but come early and be ready. That's the only thing. So if you think the word of God is so important, then you have to invest your time and effort. And that's what James is talking about. Before you sit here, by the time when you park your car outside, for example, you should be already ready. Nothing in your mind, peaceful. C is a different story. If you have something to clean, then you've got to go to God and repent and confess. And you have to take care differently. So by getting up early, you're not going to take care see. Okay. We are, remember, we are receiving it, so we should be ready. Doesn't that look like a good-looking uh, you know, potting soil? By the way, it's not the picture from my backyard. I wish it was mine. Anyway, so there is no stone, no bush, looks pretty good, right? You can tell, please put the seed there. It's asking. That's only when word can come in. So you got to be ready. Whenever you, before you open the Bible, think twice. Be ready. Make yourself available. So let's go to the step two, which is planting. We all have done some planting. And as I said, it's a receiving word part. And the word come from God, not from us. So 
this gentleman is putting very delicately, one by one, slowly. And how could you handle this baby plant roughly, right? You have to carefully handle it. There's only one blank. Then plant the seed in the soil. We must humbly accept the word. Humbly accept the word of God planted to you. Verse 21. And I told you that it comes from Holy Spirit. We are receiving it by the power of the Holy Spirit, so we should humbly accept it. In order to humbly accept it, we have to be ready before we even open the Bible or come and sit in the sanctuary. The gardening, and this involves a little bit more than planting, as we saw from the chart. So gardening is studying, reading, memorizing, and there is a three blank. And as you can see, once you put the seed and it come out, it start to grow. And then you need to water them, remove the weed, sometimes put the miracle grows, and more watering, and more weeding, and then two weeks later, another fertilizer, and it's going to take a whole summer for us to grow pepper plant or sunflowers. So it takes time. Compared to step one, step two, this is more involved. And that's how you have to delicately invest your time for the Word of God to grow in you. And by looking at that, that uh, chart again, look at number five. Whole summer and also in our life, it takes more. So let's put the answer in the C. A, we must read the Bible regularly and intently. B, we must read the Bible over and over again from verse 25. It says, and continue to do so. And C, we must read the Bible and remember what we read. And how would you remember something? Well, you go back again. Or unless you have a really good IQ, and I'm sure most of us don't, including myself, so we have to work hard. Put it on the paper or look at it again. That's the only way. By the way, this is not my Bible. I can tell you, I actually, I don't even know who this Bible belongs to. And uh, I think there's a little bit, I shouldn't say too much. Anyone can do anything they want. See, this person underlined it, highlighted, and then put the box around it. Okay. Uh, as I said, I don't know this person. But the next slide will show you more typical Bible. And actually, one of the, this one looked like my Bible. So you can underline. By the way, you are allowed to underline the Bible. I know this is the, called the holy book. Not only you can underline it, you can even highlight it. And you can even write a note. Some people treat the Bible so holy, it's very clean. No, 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 no. Try to get to this one. Choose one of these and make it happen. So you can underline it. By the way, if you underline too much, you can see the word. Do you know what to, what to, what to do? Get another one. It's easy. So... Uh, Go back to the Bible, read it again, and uh, if you need to, get another one. Okay? 
Matter of fact, I have a Bible that I don't use anymore because I put not too much highlighter. I put the too many ballpoint mark. So I just use it as a reference. Now, the harvest. We talked about this. You do step one, step two, step three, and then skip the harvest. Not thinkable as a gardener, but very possible as a Christian. But I'll tell you, one of the verses said, please don't. It's okay. Uh, We saw this picture, and uh, we go to number one, number two, number three, and then no harvest. You got a harvest. So there's only one blank. What is it? How do we harvest from God's word and be profitable? A, we harvest from God's word by doing what we have read and learned. Again, easier said than done, but we have to do it. Uh, one of the verse they'll tell us is verse 22. Do not merely listen to what the word says and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. So whenever like a temptation or deceiving comes up, you know who that is. Doing it and harvesting from the word of God is so important. This is when Satan called demon. Demon, number 5,823. Go to Bluebell right now. And make sure that person who just read the Bible don't do any of those things. Yes, sir, Satan, I'll do exactly that. How will I do that? Oh, use a golf club again? See, it is so important. That's why there's a word deceive. So whenever we learn something and if we don't do it, it's not because you're lazy. Uh, That could be true. But it's more because you're being tempted, as we talked about last week. The devil... His job is interfere with us and make us waste our time so we can do less things for God. Either we spend time to do God's work or spend time on something else. And demons are good at it, making us obsessed and do something else. So, so even doing or harvesting the word of God or putting faith into action which is the same as doing and harvest, is a devil, demon. So think twice. James 2.20 said, All foolish men, that faith without work is death. This is from chapter 2. So he's being a little harsh. So if you call yourself Christian and uh, uh, you do offering to the church, you even went to the mission trip, but... At home, you don't really look like Christians. Like you, uh, are you really Christian? Because uh, non-Christian, one of the biggest reasons that they don't come to church is, you know that guy, he, uh, he goes to this church. He calls himself a Christian, but I don't see anything about him that is, I don't know, Christian. He talks a lot, but no. Why do you think the devil is so active in this part? Deceiving us so that we don't do it. So we can look like an old talk Christian, but no doing Christian. So people who don't come to church can say, no, no, 
if that's a Christian, I stay away from that. I'd rather watch the Sunday football. Nothing is wrong with watching football. So I'm just giving that. Maybe it's a bad example because I hear the silence. Everyone, and probably you're all thinking about the Eagle game this afternoon. <laughs> They'll win. Anyway, so deceiving is a work of devil, Satan, demons. And he doesn't want us to do. And we'll talk about what he's doing. And it's not very complicated. So all that faithful work without harvest or doing is death. That is why devil, demon, try to deceive us. So what is doing? Uh, James talks about in the scripture we read. Just give a three example. I hope you can read this. Uh, and this is just three examples. This is not everything. He's just giving example. One, he said that the, uh, People who call, for example, as Christian, and they, not, they cannot control their mouths. Lack of self-control. And then he talks about number two, the, who doesn't show love by helping. Not necessarily 100% of an orphan and widow, but helping others who need the help. And that's what he's pointing out. And the last one is uh, being polluted by this world, committing sins or being tempted all the time. So he talks about this. Uh, I can assure you, doing is not necessarily going to another world. Uh, you could. Nothing is wrong with that. You can all start right here. Doing work begins right here at home. And I'll show you a simple example. Actually, some of you, without thinking that much, uh, you might be doing it already. So you can start by being kind to people. Because it is one of the special fruit. And you can be patient with your kid. I know it's hard sometimes. But whenever it's hard, pray to him. And be gentle. So this is the one of the, one of the uh, three of the nine trademark of spiritual fruit. You can start doing it by simple things like this. And then later, Holy Spirit prompts you to do other things. So whenever it is difficult to doing any of this, you know what it means. It's a problem. And then pray without doubt, then he'll help you. And that's from the James we actually... So, we learned two weeks ago to pray whenever there's a problem. And whenever you sense there's a problem, going to him and praying is actually doing. Faith in action. Then as the Holy Spirit helps, uh, leads you, start to show the rest of the nine spiritual fruit. Uh, you all know what that is. There is a simple way to see if you are already bearing fruit of spirit. Isn't this exciting uh, that you can actually tell, oh, I'm growing the spiritual fruit. This is how you do it. Think about like yesterday and see if you did any of the Nine, like you're kind, you're patient, you're gentle. See, that's how you can tell. For example, if you thought about yesterday and then, no, no. I could have been gentle, but no. Uh, I was almost patient, but no, I was. But maybe it's not working. So 
By looking back, you can tell if it's growing already. And I don't have to ask any of you. You can tell more about yourself than uh, anyone. If you have received Jesus as your personal savior, whenever you have problems, you can pray. Whenever you are tempted, you can pray and ask for help. If you don't have Jesus as your personal savior, then you are on your own. How could you live without Jesus in your life? But there is a way. If you have not received Jesus as your personal savior, number one, you are wrong with God. We all are wrong with God. Number two, Romans 3.21 says, God has a way to make people right with him. Verse 22, God makes people right with himself through their faith in Jesus Christ. This is true for all who believe in Christ because all people are the same. Number three, you can be right with God today by Jesus. Because Jesus is right with God and Jesus is righteous. Number four, so by accepting Jesus who is righteous, you can be righteous and be right with God. The Bible said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 13. So you can receive Jesus Christ into your life right now, today, by praying a following prayer that will be, that will be praying. You can follow this slowly. And some of you who already is a Christian can also do this out loud. Because you can pray this even though you're not the first timer. Hundred times, no problems. I encourage believers to follow this prayer too. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sin and rose from the dead. I turn from running my own life and now I ask you to run it. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did pray this for the first time, Holy Spirit just came in because you invited him. And that's the new beginning. You became a born-again Christian, and you will see things a little differently, and you will feel it also. Next time, I hope I can tell you how you can do that. Uh, Let me pray and close the worship. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to worship here. We also thank you for allowing us to call you Father. We like to be holy because you called us to be holy and you're holy. Father, we learned today teaching by Holy Spirit about a book of James, chapter 1, verse 19 to 27. We receive the word, but it is the next part, the growing it in our heart, and reaching the maturity part, which is harvesting, we need your help. So help us to do that. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.